I feel like maybe this whole time my headphones weren't on. Yeah, I think they weren't because I can definitely hear myself. Now, can you hear yourself? No. Should we start over? Just in, just in, ca- just in case it's like a much better quality report. This is the Two Girls Talking Podcast. That's not even what you're supposed to say. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Abigail. Aloha, Amanda. Okay, I can't deal with the levels of cheesiness. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? Um, I'm the cheese queen, and I've come to the cheese capital. Oh, wait, no. I've come to the coconut capital, Hawaii. What are you doing in Hawaii? Oh, I'm dog-sitting. You might see Mo to my left here. He's a tiny wiener dog. He's 12 years old, and he uh, gets really whiny about being on the couch next to me. And so I bring him up, and he then scuffles the blankets with with all four legs, like with his tiny little body. Yes. Why, what do you, wait, does Mo own a home there? I'm not, I don't follow. Yeah, Mo and I met on Tinder and, <laughs> and. I was going to say like, wow, Rover is really offering some crazy out there services these days. And, um, and. That's not an ad, by the way. Please contact us if you'd like to run an ad, Rover. We're ready for you. Things moves pretty fast, but I mean, when you meet someone who lives in Hawaii, you got to jump on that. Yeah, I get it. No, it's it's a it's a no holds barred. <laughs> Listeners, I'd like to <laughs> paint for you a picture if I may. <laughs> Abigail just lifted into frame uh the largest maybe mai tai, I don't know, drink, I would say. And it was so slow and deliberate and aloha-ish. I'm very sad that you all didn't get to see it, but it really it sets the scene if you will. Yeah, you know. It's um, it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, probably where you are actually, because you're behind us in time. It is, yes. You know, we often stray into what I would call boring topics like time zones or weather. So maybe this one time we can avoid it. I have seen the clip and I am averting. I'm driving the other direction. Good Let's job. go straight into interesting town. What have you got for me? Okay, Come on. I got a lot for you. I got a lot on our show ahead. Um, I got a lot of Hawaii chatter, um, but I'm gonna save that for a little bit later. Uh, because first, let's talk shop. Shop? Do, 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 do. Okay, that's the shop song now. So what is shop? In episode 10, uh, which is called A Really, Bo- A really Boring Story About Milk. You- I, got another, I got another one. I got another one of those, actually. Well, I'm doing shop talk. I get to do a boring story about milk this week. All right. All, all eyes on deck. Go ahead. So on this week's episode of Planet Money, um, they're talking about milk and where milk is in the grocery store and if it's, like, hidden at the back of the store to, like, get you to, like, buy crackers or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, some typical Planet Money fodder. But they interview... Yeah, Mike- groundbreaking journalism, we call it. So they interview Michael Pollan, you know, the author. He wrote that book that's, like... Omnivore's Dilemma. Yeah, and he's, like... Make sure you only eat a food that your grandmother ate and, like, sugar is a trap and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I follow the I follow the omnivore's non-dilemma and I just do opposite of whatever he says. And it's worked. I have packed on the pounds. You would not believe. <laughs> Tell me a recent, um, a recent treat you had on the non-dilemma... Do you want to do you want today's list or the week or I like want, where do we I start? I want you to pick something from today and then I'm going to say something from today. Well, let me tell you. So today I, I drove out of my way about three minutes. So not that much, but still I had to do it uh, to get a baked donut rather than a regular donut. And this was a strawberry buttermilk donut at Fodets. And I was very close to pretending I was getting some for my coworkers, which I would then eat in the car on the way to work. But no, I did not do that. I stopped myself at one one big donut. When you say pretended, is that because you thought the donut person needed an excuse for you to buy multiple donuts? Yeah, no. I'm always like, what do what they is, want again? What is the, what do they? I always forget what they, what do people like. What what would you recommend? Man, do people like shameful? Do you like do come? 
workers take that. I don't know what they want. What do they? What do you? What would you recommend like that for an hour? Wow, shame culture has really taken a hold of you. I have none of that shame. I order whatever I want, and I don't even <clears throat> feel the need to do a skit. Yeah, I usually don't do it full on skit. I usually just say like, I'll have two of those, two of those, two of those. Uh, you know, you know how it goes. The problem is with the donuts is I want to try all the flavors, and uh, you can't try all the flavors unless you buy multiple donuts. It's bullshit. They should make donut sampler packs where it's like one little tiny bite of donut. I totally agree. I so I, was, I don't want a whole donut. I just want to taste the flavor of the donut. I found the best donut place ever, by the way, and it's in Santa Monica. It's called Sidecar Donuts. I'm sure you've heard of it or like been there a million times or like whatever with your hipster lifestyle. But let me tell you, it is delicious. Yes. And I texted Afton to be like, Afton, you would love these donuts. They're artisanal. And she never wrote me back. So another tale of modern technology. Afton gets a shout out from you like at least once an episode. Yeah. And she's never listened to our podcast. I no. can guarantee it. Okay. So listen, I was going to tell you a story about my um, volcano shake I had today which literally is a milkshake, and then they take fudge, uh, like cold fudge, so it's kind of um, like cold fudge sauce, you know, like a glue, um, and they put it around the perimeter of the cup to create a, like, volcano crater situation. So once it's around the edge of the cup, then what happens? All right, so they put the treat all around, and then they take, the toppings, which if you get the mint chip, if you get the... I want that. Yeah, if you get the mint chip shake, they take Oreo and Andy's mints and York peppermint patties crumbled up. That's so good. That crumbled, sounds delicious. Crumbled up to make like lava rock, whatever. And then, sure. And then they like shove it on the sides and then like overflowing in the top. That was the... That was, so how many of these can you eat a day? Well, Graham, who uh, was here with me in Hawaii, we each got one. And we probably, like, we only had, like, half of each. Uh, the other one we got was was sea salt, caramel, crunch, something that was just out of this world. And it had crushed pretzels and almonds or something. Anyway, it was perfect. Uh, but I, like, so I basically had half of one of these. And I felt so sick because, I mean, you know, that is the omnivore's non-dilemma. Non Wait, I have to tell you, but, but so that was the story I was going to tell you. And then you started talking about donuts. And I have a donut tail. Best donuts I've ever had. That's they're these things, they're either called masaladas or malasadas. Uh-huh. And it's like a fried dough ball. I want that. And then it's covered in sugar. And they also have stuffed ones. And the stuffed flavors, you can get custard. So it's like custard on the in inside, and then it's like cinnamon sugar on the outside. Uh-huh. And they have like a coconut one. And my favorite is this flavor they have called Lee Hing, and it's like a sweet and sour. And when you said you got that like strawberry donut or whatever, I was like, you would love this thing. Uh, of course and, I would love it. It sounds delicious. And it's like this pink thing. So we got a box last week. Graham and I went, and they're like a dollar each. And so we got, and you can get like a dozen for ten. So we were like, yes, a dozen is what we need. Then we'll have donuts for the whole week. So did they last an hour or less than an hour? Or what was the donuts for the whole week final count? I would say they lasted less than 12 hours, and that was like overnight. Yeah. So, my so supposed like, to be dinner, dinner, dessert, breakfast, second breakfast, and then we're out. So yeah, um, and then I and then I said we had to have a rule because it's like a food truck that's basically parked outside the house. So I was like, we have to have a rule where we can't go back until your last day. Um, and so we went this morning, and I go up and I ask like if they have any special flavors. 
And the guy says no, and I'm like, cool, now I don't have to, like, fight with myself about getting... Stress out. Get, yeah. Well, no, like, the have like should I get two? Like, if they have a special flavor, should I get the flavor I love and the special flavor? He's like, no special flavors, and I'm like, great, I'll just take one of the Lee Hing. And he says it's $1.15, and I hand, I hand him two crisp $1 bills. He hands back to me one of the $1 bills. And then he gives me two donuts. Oh, island math. So, you know, I was being really good by only ordering one, and then he still gave me two, so. Well, that's not your fault. You have nothing to do with that, you know? You're just a victim of circumstance, and what can you do? I just had to eat them. You had to eat the malasadas. Can you bring me some? Are they travelable? Are they good? I think they're travelable. I thought about it. Um, but so I... I want to try the treat. But I don't know when I'll see you. We can discuss that off podcast. How about? Winter. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, moving on. <laughs> okay. So Michael Pollan, who you might remember from the book about food. The uh, Omnivore's Dilemma. Yes. They interview him for this episode and they ask him like what milk he gets. And it is that, like, St. Benoit that you were, like, fangirling all over episode 10. Dude, okay, so Ollie and I went to co-op, which is a little Whole Foods-type place near our work, to get some breakfast stuff the other day. And they had an entire jar of the St. Benoit yogurt, but it was $7, and the regular yogurt was four fifty nine, And so we made the decision to buy that yogurt. But I talked about the St. Benoit yogurt, even though I've never had it. I talked about it the rest of the morning and how I really wanted it. So, you know, keeping the dream alive. I uh, really appreciate the St. Benoit-sponsored portion of this podcast. I wrote to them, and I said that I wanted to come visit their beautiful farm. Doesn't that sound like a Kate thing? Kate would do that. And uh, they never wrote back. So I guess they don't. And their, oh man, their contact form says like, we're probably out with the cows, so who knows when we'll get back to you. And it's true, listener. It's true. Why don't we just go to it and show up and be like, hey, we're here from the Two Girls Talking podcast. I'm sure you've heard of us. Big deal. Uh, small brands. That's what we do. Cameras, no, I'm- cameras rolling. Cameras rolling. So if you could like be ready for that, that'd be great. Um, it's in Sonoma. It's in Napa. I know. So. I know. That's what I'm saying. I assumed it was nearby Michael Pollan because, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't buy milk that's, like, from a cow, you know. More than 40 yards away from him. Right. No. Jesus, do you want to get sick? Come on. <laughs> Use your head. Okay. That's a non-dilemma. All right. That wraps up Shop Talk. Wait. What is Shop Talk? <laughs> it was like a- Shop Talk involved you telling me <laughs> about donuts and then criticizing Michael Pollan. So I don't really understand the purpose of the Shop Talk segment. Does it get revealed over time? Is it a puzzle? <laughs> I want to say yes so badly. And yet your sense of honor well, no. prohibits you. Yeah, no, I mean, like, saying yes, it's a puzzle would be a better explanation than me explaining why it's called Shop Talk. Oh, it's called it's called Shop Talk because it was like we're doing an update on a previous episode. Oh, I get St. Benny updates. I would do that segment every week because there's a lot to talk about and a lot of changes every week. I think we've pretty much covered all the St. Benny content that happened since four episodes ago. Maybe every like four episodes. No. I didn't talk about the tiny yogurt I got that's in a glass jar and has a little foil lid. Please, I can do this forever. Please keep us posted on yogurt yogurt pricing. I love how it's light outside in Hawaii and it is 9 o'clock here. Well, it's 6 o'clock here. I know. Time zone, weather. I just said, welcome I love my, that it's... Oh, my, welcome, oh to my, my, welcome to my next segment, Time Zones and Weather. Oh, I was hoping we could leave this for a never podcast episode, but sure, go ahead. We've experienced so much success was in the a, past. Was that a- oh, wait, I wanted to tell you that my appearance on Battleship Pretension, which, gentle listeners, that, if you can't get enough Amanda... That was the next segment! 
No, you said it was weathers and time zones, and that has nothing to do with Amanda May Mikey, I'll remind you. No, well, that was, everything. That was a joke. But also nothing. That was a joke when you interrupted me to talk about how it was light outside, and I was like, oh, is that our next segment? No, our actual next segment is you were on a podcast. Okay, so you were recently on a podcast. Yes, I was, and it was so fun. It's called, so the name of the podcast is called Battleship Pretension, and I don't know what that means, but I like that the word pretension is in the title because it's a bunch of film people being like, nerds, talking about film. Yes. And I don't mean talking about film like, man, did you see the new Marvel flick? Or, I can't believe they pushed back the release of Wonder Woman. No, this is like... Let's rate a woman who was famous in 1948 with a woman who's famous in 2017 and talk about it for three and a half hours. It was really long. I got there at like eight and I didn't leave till midnight. And I was like, what's happening? What's happening? I'm so tired. Sounds like recording recording on our podcast. I know, right? Just like now we've been recording for six hours, but it's only four minutes in podcast time. It's crazy. Yeah, because you have to cut out all the, you know, weather talk. No, that's our best segment. Oh, anyway. Yeah, no, it was awesome being on the podcast. I love those guys. They're super fun to talk to, except Im- almost immediately, I am so aware that I don't know as much about movies as they do, and then I feel like a fraud in life. No, they I had- was, was going to say, it didn't come across that way. It came across as like, I was like, wow, everyone is being so nice to each other considering that they're all obnoxious film people who have all, like, A, how could anyone ever see every movie? But everyone on the podcast seemed to be trying to, I mean, the point of the podcast, it sounded like, was, like, to have every movie. Um, But every once in a while, one of you hadn't seen a movie, and it was not everyone. I mean, it wasn't just you, it was everyone. And there was some, you know, generosity of spirit over the failings that everyone was bringing to the table. I would say yes. Those guys are particularly nice. They are very, they're very professional podcasters. They have quite the podcast empire. They each have several podcasts apiece. And it was very sweet of them to ask me to be on again. And some people tweeted saying that I was the favorite guest they'd heard in a very long time. Can you believe that? I can believe it because I think you're great at podcasting. And also, oh my also I really liked how you were the token woman. I was like, yes, we need, a, we need a female voice in the female women's film episode at the bare, yes. minimum, at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum, yes. Though I would uh, also enjoy to hear you on an episode talking about male actors because I have a feeling I know how that would go. It would be inappropriate, and they would have to make a new podcast called, like, Battleship Extra Pretension. That wasn't a very good joke, but it would be terrible. Um, I also was very, uh, I felt like we maybe don't talk enough about movies on this podcast, since apparently you know a lot about them. Did you not know that I spent most of my life as a movie critic and uh, went to film school and love movies desperately and okay. write, write them all the time? No, Most I of my actual life. I, I don't did, know. No, I just feel like should we be doing a movie segment? Because I think I could totally hold my own with your your uh, with your with your Twitter film Twitter talk. Okay, that that's rousing and exciting. Sure. Uh, what what do we want to do? Film talk now. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, let's try it out. I want to do it now. Film talk. Let's give film let's talk. give all of our new listeners who came over here from Battle Pro- Battleship Pretension what they're looking for. Yeah, an in-depth discussion of Joan of Arc, which we featured twice on the other podcast. I think they got what they're looking for. What movies have you seen recently, Abigail? I watched part of Silver Linings Playbook. Cool. So, <laughs> this is already going so much better than I could have hoped. I um, I but then the my computer battery died. And the story gets better. <laughs> Tell me more. And that was like a month ago. And that's been Film Talk on the Two Girls Talking Podcast. What was the last movie you saw? I don't even know. I watched, oh, I watched this Natalie Portland movie called Jane Got a Gun. And I thought it was really good. It was set in the Old West. And I 
thought I wanted to tell uh, Afton to watch it because she would like it. Afton's name has been mentioned. Take a drink. Done and done. I do love me some Natalie Portman. She was so good in it and I forgot. Man, did you read those letters between her and um, what's his name? God damn it. Uh, Augusta. Is this from the email scandal? Yes. No, I heard there was some sort of letters, but I don't even remember. If I were to guess, it was some sort of shit talking, but. No, it wasn't shit talking. He, it was Augustin Burroughs, the guy that wrote Running With Scissors. So he. And, and dry. And dry. Yeah. Look at me. So, I'm so ready for pretension podcast. Let me Google this. Sorry, it wasn't him. It was Jonathan Safran Foer. He wrote, you know, you can do it, but you're so close. I can see it in your eyes, the pretension. I can't do it. I can't do welling it. up. I think he did um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Oh, and he did that movie where Elijah Wood played him. We literally sound like moms right now. <laughs> oh, everything is illuminated. Oh, I've heard of both of those things. Okay, so here's the thing. He, the rumor is, and the gossip is on this situation, that he left his wife for Natalie Portman. Um, well, like, don't we all? I've left my wife multiple times for Natalie Portman. It's hard he, to stop. Like, they became friends. Like, it's hard to stop. I get addicted to the feeling of leaving my wife for <laughs> Natalie Portman, and then I just keep doing it. Well, it's like, doing you know, it. I, I just feel and like... I don't even would mean to do it but that i'm doing it i don't even don't even know i'm doing it anymore this is this is augustus burroughs's next addiction themed book and jonathan saffron four ever since i saw the movie closer i i like i'm always like yeah no why wouldn't like I, it seems real easy to leave your wife for natalie portman i can't i can't believe more, more people haven't done it you know right um one of my favorite bloggers, Ned Hepburn, many years ago, wrote a blog pretty much exclusively where he imagined conversations between himself and Natalie Portman, and it was always delightful. See, um, this is why I finally started doing show notes. If you, um, if you go to the description on our website or in iTunes or whatever, it'll, it'll now say what are the different podcast episodes we've referenced or articles we've referenced, so you can Google them, because... As I've been editing our podcast, I realized that we reference, like, everything. And if I was one of our three listeners, I would love to uh, get my hands on that Ned Hepburn article. So, that will be in the show notes. Well, it's bonerparty.tumblr.com, so enjoy that. Yes. Um, anyway, so the goss, the hot goss off the street and off the presses is that uh, they met some years ago... She was involved in producing a movie that he was involved with. Who knows? They email each other all the time about, like, politics and thoughts and fashion and who knows. And apparently, like, maybe two years ago, he left his wife for her without telling her. So he just, like, showed up on her doorstep and was like, we're meant to be together. And she was like, oh, no, I'm married. I don't love you. And he was like, all right, never mind. And, like, scuttled off back to his lair. And so the emails that just got published were in like T magazine, I think, which is the New York Times magazine. And the emails were all very pretentious and crazy. But also, I like seeing people's emails, especially like famous people. What do they say to each other? You know, you love a good email, Snoop. Let's be honest. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing. Reading people's emails. Okay, Lena Dunham did this project some years ago where she had people email um, about a certain topic and they could, or no, they would share emails from the past. And so it was like Kirsten Dunst and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Miranda July and the Rodart sisters and like all this stuff, the Malevies. And she would have them send her email from their archives about a certain topic, like fear or whatever. And they could pick anything they wanted to. And she would send out all 10 emails every Monday or something like that. And it literally gave me the strength to go to work. I had this fashion job at the time that I hated. And it gave me the strength to go to work and deal with my day because these different emails, it was like looking into these people's personal lives. It was the best 10 weeks. And then it was over. It was terrible. Well, maybe we could start that back up again. Yeah, I was, I was talking about snooping. What's your position on snooping? I was talking about this the other day with someone. I'm very anti-snooping. Why? But because it's like, if I imagine someone reading my emails or like my text messages, it feels like such a violation of privacy that I like, 
it's one thing to forward something, right? Because you're mm-hmm. like, you're reaching out, right? You're like inviting someone into that like personal experience. But at least for me, like my text messages, my emails are nearly the same. Like, I mean, it's like being inside my head, right? And if someone just like lifted up my brain and watched what was going on in there, that would feel like awful. And I mean, so I'm very anti. Also, I like dated this guy once who hacked my email, essentially. Oh my God, that's awful. And then he like copy and pasted my emails into a document that he sent to another girl. What? Um, and so like, and then like, that's awful. Yeah. And so I'm just like, no, hard, hard line. I get the desire because information is the only thing that ever matters. Like I get why it's like, let me get some more information. But can I tell you something I've never told you before? Yes. You've snooped in my email. Yes, but it was decades ago. It was like very long time ago when we lived at 1408. And there was some reason why you were like logged onto my computer or something with your Gmail. And I searched just my, I just searched Amanda. And the first thing I saw was you complaining about me to someone else. And I didn't read anymore because I was like, like, I don't want to know. I was like, I'm only going to get my feelings hurt. I don't want to know. But I saw like enough that I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. Like she hates me. You were complaining that I had like left you out of something or something like that. And so my, it was, so it my was very, my feelings were hurt. Your feelings were hurt and you were talking to somebody else about it. And I was like, I can't believe that. Like I was, I was, I was, I was like, she never said anything about that. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Oh yeah. No. Well, that was also around the same time that my email got hacked by this guy. But like, I definitely like, for a very long time, had a fear. Uh, This is, like, now unrelated to snooping. This is related to whatever happened 12 years ago when you read my G-chats after searching your own name. What else would I search for? I literally can't think of another thing in someone else's... I had access to someone else's email the other day that I wanted to search my name in, and I was like, don't do it. You'll be Mm -hmm. sad. Whatever you find... And this is what I told the person the other day when we were talking about snooping, and I was like... No matter what you find, it will make you sad. Yeah. It will. Like, even if it's good news, it will make you sad. Right. Do not look. You Like, you only want the information that is given to you. Yes. So, like, even if... So, here's the thing. Like, even if someone, like... Here's the thing. Let's say your, like, husband's cheating on you. Mm-hmm. And you find out through snooping. Yeah, like, it's good that you know that he's a lying asshole. Sure. Um, But, like, it's, like, a terrible feeling. And so I get why people do it, especially in situations like that. And I've heard so many awful stories about, like, the ways people cover up affairs. So, Mm. like, I think there's a time and a place. Uh Uh-huh. But most of the situations that we're talking about are just childish pettiness and not affairs and snooping. Right. There's not like, Oh, I think like, I think this person isn't being honest with me or like, let's say you confront your spouse and you're like, Hey, uh, I feel like things aren't quite lining up and they keep lying to you. Then I'm like, okay, you're probably like in a a place where you should also, also I think that I would have an open door policy if I was yeah. if I was married, I'd be like, here's There's my, nothing here. Yeah, I'd be like, here's my email password for whenever you want it. I like feel really violated if someone goes in and does that because that's like a place, especially where I like interact with my friends. But um, but I and don't. I- but I don't want you to ever feel like you can't read and. If I'm, like, bitching to my friends about the fight we're having, like, feel free to read it. (laughs) Yeah. There's been a couple times where I, like, checked my partner's phone or something, like, expecting to find something, and there's nothing there, you know? Like, and I guess, like, after the second or third time I did that, I was like, there's nothing here. Like, I don't need to keep looking. Like, it's not like there's going to be something here, you know? 
I don't know. And there's an addiction to it, too. I used to, um, yeah, I used to snoop on my mom. And I had, like, a good reason, so to speak. But it didn't, like, make a difference. And it, yeah. yeah. It, and I think especially for you and I, it's, like, um, it's, like, t- entertainment for us in some ways. It's basically, like, a different way of consuming a TV show yeah, or a it's, story. It's, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. It's content. Right. Um, so then it's just, you don't deserve to just get extra content because you feel like someone's life should be mined. Right. It's not because you're like bored and you're like, someone else's thoughts are more interesting than mine. Or like someone else's insecurity or shittiness will make me feel better about myself. Nope. Just gotta, I will say it's got to be a big girl. Own that shame. Order those two donuts. Order two or more donuts. Yes. Um, I will say there's been a couple times where snooping really like, saved my ass I would say or like really helped me and one time was when I was looking at um I was like freshman year and I think Andre had just sold me a computer and I he had left himself logged into bubs and I looked at his email and you're gonna need to like pause the story to do some like defining of terms here oh wow you're right okay so a class I I feel like sometimes you forget that like it's not just you and me talking shop I'm not going to make shop happen, by the way. As hard, you are trying to make shop happen so hard. Um, yeah, so I had bought a computer from a classmate that I had a big crush on and was, like, halfway in love with. Um, the Amanda Meinke story. Uh, literally my story. I wrote a script about all of this stuff, and someone was like, it's not realistic, the feelings this person has. And I was like, they're pretty realistic. You were like, <laughs> like that, I, I wish... I was like, I wish it wasn't realistic, but yes, one person can have a million terrible feelings and they can be all over the place. Anyway, so I bought a computer from this person and they had left themselves logged into their email, essentially. And um, I, of course, searched my name like a hero. And the first thing I found, I only read like one thing because the first thing I found was um, horrible. And it was about, they were like, him and his new girlfriend were making fun of me and like, calling me names and saying how pathetic I was and just like all these things. And it hurt my feelings. They were like, they were were talking about how they had a crush on, but like, like you had a crush on They were like, it's so obvious, right? That like, she has a crush on you. Ha ha ha. It was like that sort of awfulness. Mm, I think some of that, but it was a lot. It was like more than that because another classmate wrote a blog like that. Uh, Shauna wrote a blog like that about me when I was in college also that I was like in love with a classmate, which was true. Also, this is Uh, when, this is when blogs, like there was only like two blogs in the whole world and no one thought anyone else could find their blog. Right. Absolutely. You thought it was your personal journal online. I know I did. Um, but yeah, so I read that. My gay friend Graham, uh, (laughs) who's been on the podcast, and as one of our three listeners, he mm-hmm. had he had a secret blog when he was in the closet. Like I want to read it, talking about talking Graham's thoughts. Graham's yeah. it's basically like I'm into men. Sure, yeah, tale as old as time. I love he, that blog. He said I I learned about it because I found this meme on his Facebook from when he was in college, and it was like, "What's a secret you have?" And it was like, "I have a secret blog where I tell all of my deepest darkest secrets." And my number one fear in life is that someone will find it, but I'm more scared to take it down and stop writing it. And I was like, man, being, being, being 20 is the worst experience of all time. Yeah. All you do, all you do is get your feelings hurt and then you complain to your friends about it instead of talking to the person that hurt your feelings. Yep. Um, and then you snoop around for information to, you know, get your feelings hurt some more check 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 and then you like uh, and then you like date people that hurt losers your feelings. Yep. i know mm-hmm. yeah no and being, then being for 20, the next thumbs down and for the next 10 years you'll write art that's all about them and how much your feelings are hurt and maybe that'll never end maybe you'll just keep writing more and more art about how your feelings are hurt pain, pain is art i guess anyway so to wrap up that last previous story about snooping I was so upset and I had like meningitis or something terrible at the time. Anyway, I texted you Kate. You meningitis? 
No, it wasn't meningitis. It was um, it was whatever was making me so sick freshman year. I was really sick a couple times. Don't know what it was. Um, Heartbreak. No, it wasn't that. It was I was literally ill, but I don't Don- know what it- donuts. Okay, I wasn't eating as many donuts then. Jesus. Uh, anyway, I, I went was- to Kate, and she had to come and get me from the library and like help me walk home because I was too sick to like go home. Cute. I know, right? And now she doesn't even listen to our podcast, so she's dead to us. A friend in need is not a friend all the time, as the saying goes. Hey, everybody who's not listening to our podcast anymore, we will sell you out and talk shit on you when you stop listening to our podcast. And we'll know. We will know. Believe me. We are basically a crime ring gang. And if that's how we get listeners is we force people to listen to us. And if they stop listening, then we make a mess. I went to go read our reviews the other day and I saw that Aaron Noel has been listening and I love that. And Wait, uh, we have a new review. I don't know. It was from September 8th, maybe. Yes, that is new. You should probably read it because it was a great review. Anyway, I was encouraged and I was like, oh, people I don't even know listen to my podcast, you know? Wait, it's someone we don't know. No, it is, it is, but I I took it to mean that people I don't know also listen to it. I'm very famous. I don't know if you know this. Listening to this show is one of the highlights of my week. Make yourself a cup of coffee and sit down to enjoy two girls talking. Oh, Aww. that's so sweet. Shout out to my darling Erin, the nicest person ever. She did a lot of listening to me in college when I was snooping so much and found out so many things that made me cry. And, and, she poor, was, and she was just sweet to you, right? She was just so nice to me all the time and tried to make things better and reason with me. And I was not to be reasoned with. I was a banshee and a crazy person. Was she like, maybe stop snooping if you don't want to have your heart broken and also stop hanging out with terrible people? She just kept being like, yeah, they don't love you. It's okay. Not everyone should love you, right? And I was like, well, these people should. Okay. How did she know that lesson so long ago? She's the wisest person, dude. She really is smart. I feel Every, like... I think she told me in college is absolutely true and absolutely correct. Like, always. Always like, right. I feel like the lesson of my entire life forever that I'll never be able to learn is that, like, not everyone has to love you. I don't believe that, number one. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. What's on, What else is on your outline? Well, we've, like, we've gone into a totally different direction than I thought we would. But, I mean, that's cool with me. Um, it is getting a little dark in here. So I would like to take a mini break. This is where our advertisers could maybe have a message while I turn on some lights and get some juice. All right. I got some history or mystery for you. <gasps> Let's do it. It's about the islands. The Hawaiian Islands. Aloha. Is that not have to do with that horrible song? Maya, Maya Kaliki Maya is the thing you say. That one? Maya Kaliki Maka is the thing to say. Yes, that one. No. Uh, the one that goes like, I lava you from that terrible short film by oh, Pixar. I love that short film. It has nothing I, to do I with hate that. it. And I wish that it was dead. Why don't it's, you like it? It's fucking creepy. And also, why does an old craggly volcano need a hot, young volcano in a bikini? Is that what happens? Yes! Have you not seen it? It's bullshit. I mean... He's like, he's like, he's like a formless volcano, like just like a rock, right? And the, the girl volcano that he gets into literally looks like a woman. So I'm like, okay, so a craggly rock and a woman? Why couldn't they be two craggly rock volcanoes together, you know? Why did it have to be like a hot, hot lava volcano babe, you know? I agree with you 100%. When I yeah, s- it's sexist bullshit, and that song sucks. I love you. It sucks, dude. It's a terrible song. All right, well, so on Film Talk Part 2... We don't like that. Uh, no. We don't like that. Is that how we rate things? We like that. We don't like that. Patent pending. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what our critics would say. Are you holding a book called Maui Revealed? I'm not on Maui. I'm on Oahu. Revealed. Okay. The, I don't even know why I was pulling up the map. 
Maybe yeah, just... no one can see it, just me. So <laughs> Maybe just because I love maps. All right, so this is a guidebook um, that was provided by the homeowner where I'm staying. Um, and it says, Oahu Revealed, the Ultimate Guide to Honolulu, Waikiki, and Beyond by Andrew Doherty. This says, the finest guidebook ever written for Oahu. Now you can plan your best vacation ever. This all-new fourth edition is a candid, humorous guide to everything there is to see and do on the island. I feel like this segment goes right along with weather and time time zone Just wait. Segment. Just wait. This is going to be worth it. Oh. Uh, Guide travel guidebooks, weather and uh time time. No, zone. I understand why you feel that way, but I just want you to know that the author of this, Andrew Doherty, has a nickname because he's been a key player in our trip, and by key player I mean like our nemesis. Um, and when he says it is a candid humorous guide, what he means is sometimes He talks about the zoo and how it's not very good, but if you have kids, I mean, I guess it's a great way to keep them busy, if you know what I mean. What does that mean? I mean the editorializing in this- Harambe! Harambe! Is- Are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at Harambe. I don't even know what that means. You're so lucky you don't read Twitter. Oh, my God. I was about to say, like, is this a Twitter joke? Because the only reason why I could even guess that is because I listened to Yes, Yes, No on Reply All. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that it's probably going to be on Yes, Yes, No, where Alex is like, Stella, I, I read this tweet. Uh, it, 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 look at this tweet's in, like, it, so, so the tweet says, um, Harambe lives? Um, I, don't, I don't know what it means. So can, and then PJ go, <laughs> And then Alex Goldman will be like, of course I know what this means. I was born knowing what this means. Anyway, so that's been... Me and Alex Bloomberg are in the same camp when it comes to yes, yes, no. I don't get your Harambe joke. Harambe was the gorilla that was killed at the Cleveland Zoo. Yes! And he's become a bit of a cult figure, shall we say. They actually did a yes, yes, no about Harambe. I'm sure they did. Continue. Anyway, that's all. So he's in Twitter. Everything you read on Twitter is is like a weird. Everything you read on weird Twitter is a tweet about Harambe. So because I said zoo. (laughs) Yes, yes, and no. That was just me being me. I wasn't even trying to be Alex Bloomberg, but. Well, we're just at yes, yes right now. He's my spirit animal. He really is just confused about the internet. Speaking of reply all, I have uh, a, I have a, I have some um I have some, so last week they did this episode on it was called Super Tech Support. You know, they do like this segment where they solve weird internet problems. I and do know. Thanks for giving them free advertising. I love them. They're an inspiration. They're rehashing the internet week by week. Thanks. I was already on the internet this week. I know what happened. Right. It's not for you. I know. Then don't make a show. Don't make a show that's not for you. You know, that's how I feel. It's for me. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so they they talked about this woman, like, loses her cell phone in a cab in New York City. She Googles, like, lost and found cabs. So she Googles the thing, and she gets to a website, and the website's a scam. Okay. So, like, it says, like, this is the New York City cab company's lost and found. Pay $50 and file a claim to get your camera back or whatever. And it's actually a scam because they don't have any connection with any cabs. And what they do is they post your, like, phone number and description of what your missing item is on some sort of website that's, like, basically, like, classifieds for lost stuff. And that's their way of saying, like... We've tried to find your item. That's their, like, loophole. Um, and so they did this whole episode about websites like this that, like, aren't technically illegal, but are just, like, tricking people by using SEO to get Google rankings and then making their websites look like they are the real Lost and Pound or whatever when they're not. There's one like that for the California DMV. Yeah. 
No, I actually like that website. No, it's really helpful, actually. I don't. It's well, it's not. I don't know why I've been to it multiple times a year, but I always find myself on like DMV.org or whatever it is. Yeah, well, and I don't think that's a scam. They're not selling anything. They're getting they're getting ad revenue by having ads on their website, and then like you visit their website, and that's how they're getting the money. They're not tricking you into thinking they're the DMV. They're like the DMV website sucks. Let us explain to you how to do things. And you're like, thank God for this other website. Sometimes I click an ad just to tip jar them. And that's been DMV websites, <laughs> time zones, guidebooks, and weather with Abigail and Amanda. Tune in next week to literally be bored to death. So anyway, um, they had another example of a website where it's like, uh, like, I think it happened to PJ where he was, like, his flight got delayed and he Googled to get about, like, see about getting his flight changed. And it was, like, some scam travel agency that's, like, we are Delta to change your flight. Pay us $400. And it was a scam. Um, so how can we start a scam website is what my next question is. No, I don't want to be those people. Okay. Sure. So, so, so there's these, like, scam websites. And they did an episode on it, and I really enjoyed it because it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, (gasps) (gasps) and, like, all these people are being taken advantage of, and some of them are, like, not stupid people. PJ was, like, scammed in one of these things, okay? Okay. Don't be too good for it. I'm not too good for it. So listen. By the way, I will be tagging them and telling them to check out this episode. No, don't. I hope he loves your imitation. I really enjoyed when you said, I'm Alex Goldman. I was born knowing what this is about. It's true. That's how he's always like, he always acts like so disdainful. Like, uh, yeah, I knew about like Japanese synth new wave music before it even existed. And you're like, stop, you did not. (laughs) Okay, so... They basically were like, we've done everything we can to sort of try and stop this. Let's use the collective force of, you know, the world to, like, call all of these websites to light. So they kind of give this, like, booty call, bring all your websites to the yard. Um, I come to Oahu, uh, where we have Pearl Harbor. Okay. I want to check it out. I Google Pearl Harbor tickets. You can already... See where this is going. And it's totally like the first six results are scam sites that aren't the actual like Pearl Harbor website because the Pearl Harbor is a national monument, which means the website is run by like the interior or something. And so of course it's a terrible website. Like every so camp terrible website. Right. Like every campsite ever. And it's free to go to Pearl Harbor. It's free. And all these tour companies are like here is our Pearl Harbor special. And they're selling Pearl Harbor tickets for like 30 bucks. I texted my boy Alex and was like, for your for your files. Okay, now I need to talk about Hawaii. History or mystery, Amanda? Tell me what you know about the history of Hawaii. I don't know much about the history of Hawaii. I think that many Polynesian people live there. And I've heard that the food is uh, of varying quality. Um, And I've heard that there's some locals only good spots of the beaches. And the rest of it is all just a tourist nightmare. I've never felt like I wanted to go to Hawaii because I felt like it was a tourist nightmare. I felt like it was a vacation for unimaginative people. Yeah, I actually gave a speech about this yesterday to Graham. I was like... I felt like I was too good for Hawaii. Like, it was like, everyone goes there for their honeymoon. Do to do to do. Exactly. I was like, I want to go to Costa Rica or some real tropical paradise, not Hawaii. Okay, so A, Hawaii is a tropical paradise. B, the... the but, like, one that other people aren't at. Yeah, so there is, like, one section that's, like, all the resorts. That's called Waikiki. And that's, that. I mean, it's a nightmare. It's like Disneyland. Um, and then there's, like, a couple other places that are resorty, but in general, it's not any different than any other, like, I mean, like, we live in LA, there's tourism there, there's, like, you know, there's a whole conglomeration of things. Um, and there's some really amazing stuff to see and do here. Um, and it's, and it's just a cool experience. 
And I, like, I still really prefer, not prefer, but, like, if I'm going to, like, go far away, it's cool to go to a new country. But in a lot of ways, like, Hawaii is kind of the best of both worlds. Where you're like, well, it's easy and convenient and the dollar is worth something here. But also, it has this, like, extensive, vast culture that's, like, different than what I'm used to on the mainland. And it has this, like... On the mainland. It's already begun. Oh, yeah. No, there's rules about what you say. What do you want me to say? The contiguous United States? I do love that, but no, continue. Okay. So, anyway, I didn't know much about Hawaii either when I came here. I came here for work because I dog sit and my life is charmed. So, the first night here, we went to a brewery because, of course, we did. And, um, and... I brought the book with me and I was like reading the book at dinner, which the server was like, don't do anything in that book. She was like, I believe it. She was like, we hate that guy. He found all of our secret places and he put them in the book. And I was like, and I was like, well, it is an island. It is an island. I know. There's like two things here. Like nothing's really a secret. Right. Like I, like I've been here a week and I've been to everything on the island. Like, there are, like, restaurants I haven't seen and, like, beaches I haven't seen, but I've been to, like, every other beach. Like, I, you know, and it's, I mean, I wish I could stay longer. There's so many more things I want to do, but it's an island. Like, you know, there's not that many. Stars. I love, I love islands because you can explore them so fully. That's, no, like, that's I how love, I feel. Like, there's I not- love being on St. Martin because I felt like ever, I knew every single thing happening on the island and yeah. no one, like, I felt like I could go every everywhere and see every single thing and I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything because it was it was all that so I read the beginning of the guidebook and I'm actually going to read part of this to you because it's so insane so first of all he spends like one two two and a half pages talking about the geology like how the volcanoes lava each other and formed the um the islands which is super interesting and complicated and I feel like I don't understand enough about tectonic plates but like I'm like well why aren't there islands everywhere but I guess it's because it takes like five billion years or something insane but basically the plates shift then the volcano happens and if a volcano is big enough these are underground volcanoes if they're big enough they become islands and so like the big island is the youngest island because it's actually still growing and there's another island forming that's still underwater and like probably in the next like 40,000 years, it'll become, like, above ground. That's crazy. Yeah, right? And so then he, like, vaguely references, like, various Polynesians and how they, um... And I don't even know if Polynesian's the right word. It's, like... They're not really sure exactly. Okay, so there was... There's these places called the Marquesas Islands. Um, and so Uh that's, that's where the first people came from. Um, and we don't know why they came to Hawaii. They just, like, left their home island and came here. But, like, we don't even know how they knew it was here. And there's this one theory. So there's this bird that lives in Alaska in the summer and in Marquesas and, like, Australia or something crazy in the winter. And so these birds, like, fly the globe, essentially, every year back and forth. So there's this one theory that um, they saw the birds and were like, oh, we know there's land because those birds are coming from somewhere over there. And they mm. happened to find Hawaii by doing that, even though, like, actually those birds were coming from Alaska. So that's a little something crazy. Anyway, they, like, land there and, like, slowly over time, and it's all very vague. Like, he covers this in, like, a page and a half tops. On, like, the original peoples and how they came to the island and inhabited it. And then there's a section called The Outside World Discovers Hawaii. Oh. Because he, like, the racism that happens in this section of the book. A bit much? I started some fights about it. Well, I guess I wasn't fighting. With who? I I guess... I guess, yeah, the, the author. Yeah, with the author. He wasn't there. I was yeah, just, I was just exactly. yelling really loud at the brewery. So he's like, the outside world discovers Hawaii. You know, these people that have been living there 
Now, for 1,500 years, don't count. Okay? They discovered Hawaii. What does he mean by outside world? So, and they get, they got like a page, maybe page and a half. Then, he says, in January 1778, an event occurred that would forever change Hawaii. Captain James Cook, who usually had a genius for predicting where to find islands, stumbled upon Hawaii. He was, like, on his way to Alaska. He goes on to say that, like, the Hawaiian people who were called, who were, um, uh, he was on, uh, Ka'aui, that's one of the islands here, um, the inhabitants awoke, there was, like, all of these white men, and they thought they were being visited by gods, and there's, like, this extensive paragraph describing how the white people are, like, gods. This is literally what it's like when you start dating. What? Like, you meet all these people, and you think they're so cool, and they think they're gods, and they're not. They had never seen iron before, and so, like, the, sh- the fact that the ship had so much iron on it, they were just, like... And it's all so patronizing, the way it's written. I'm sure. It sounds terrible. Um, and then there's, like, an aside that says, like, probably they had seen white people before, because, like... Maybe there's, like, this lore about some strange white people, and then there were, like, these missing Spanish ships. And then he's like, but that doesn't count, because a few weird-looking stragglers couldn't compare to the arrival of Cook's great ships and instruments. This guy, Andrew Doherty, is, like, somehow PRing 300 years after the fact for Captain James Cook. Despite some recent rewriting of history... All evidence indicates that Cook, unlike some other exploring sea captains of his era, was a thoroughly decent man. Sure. Individuals need to be evaluated in the context of their time. Cook knew that his mere presence would have a profound impact on the cultures he encountered, but he also knew that change for these cultures was inevitable, with or without him. We can't blame him. Change was inevitable. It's not his fault for destroying the people's. Ugh, yikes. He tried unsuccessfully to keep the men known to be infected with venereal diseases from mixing with local women, and he frequently flogged infected men who tried to sneak ashore at night. He was greatly distressed when a party he sent was forced to stay overnight due to high surf, knowing that his men might transmit diseases to the women, which they did. Okay, so... The white men are raping the local women, passing on their STDs, and this book has spent a half page painting this man as a hero because he was mad. Yep. Sounds like a guidebooky thing to do. And then he basically says, like, like, he goes on to be like... There was a lot of transition already happening on the island. It was an oppor- it was a great opportunity for Cook and the Island King to like be friends, but it all sounds very, very shady. Um, and again, we're spending like th- three quarters of the introduction is like a story about James Cook, um, sure. and how like he resembled the god of fertility, and so like. They were really accepting of him because, like, fertility meant that their crops would grow. The British had used up the Hawaiian's hospitality. Because listen to this, listen to this. The Hawaiians went to great length to please their god. All manner of supplies were made available. Eventually, they became suspicious of the visitors. If they were gods, why did they accept the Hawaiian woman? And if they were gods, why did one of them die? Ah, look, some intelligence. Imagine that. Oh, wait, they're people too. Uh, So there starts to be some friction. What ends up going down is there's some sort of, like, boat that gets stolen. The Hawaiians steal a rowboat from the British um, so that they could get the iron nails for supplies. Um, And James Cook is like, hey, chief, to the king, to the king of the island, hey, chief, um, 
why don't you come aboard my giant ship and we can talk about what's gone wrong and you can apologize and we can work this out and you guys can be back to being submissive and not stealing my crap. How'd that go? So the chief is like, okay, yeah, like, let's do that. And the chief's wife is like, please don't go on that boat. Do not go over there. Those people are shady. Um, and all of the Hawaiians, basically, she, like, rounds up everyone. And everyone's like, don't go, man. Don't go. Don't go. And everyone's saying that. And that makes James Cook really uncomfortable. And so he tells everyone to, like, back off. And he gets all bossy. And, um, and... You know, a shot is fired. It's unclear who did it, what side. And, um, <clears throat> and like, a war breaks out, essentially. Um, and Cook ends up getting, like, brutally murdered. Listen to That's this. awful. What, that he got murdered? Yeah. Eh. I mean, like, he... I mean, I guess he deserved he, it. He's yeah, not the like person. He, well, like, he, so he led a expedition that for, I don't know, 10 years probably. Hang on, let me see how many years. Oh, two years. So, you know, half the introduction is spent on two years of the silence history. He, like, brings his ship in, like, depletes the land of everything, rapes all the women, spreads all the diseases. Yeah, I guess it's a good thing. Never mind. So listen to this. So he gets stabbed a bunch. What? Okay. The greatest explorer the world had ever known was dead at age 50 in a petty skirmish over a stolen rowboat. Uh, isn't it awful when you die over a petty skirmish over a stolen rowboat? I'm super ragey because, like, I just can't believe that in a book that's, like, dedicated to the beauty and, like, history of the island, that it would still take the British guy who, you know doesn't even matter and he gets half this introduction volcanoes get half a page original peoples get half a page some bird gets half a page and then this guy gets three pages and he's like rapey mcgee with his iron god tents rapey mcgee and the iron god tents a new YA novel coming this fall from abigail m Schilling. uh you know rapey mcgee he's got quite the Empire. Wait till you see the film adaptations. Leonardo DiCaprio plays McGee himself. Joke life moments. Joke life moments? Oh my god. I mean, where do I start? You say that every week. My boss today said, hey, I really think we should talk about washing your car. And then a coworker later approached me and said, hey, I think that your depression might get better if you took care of yourself and tried to clean out your car. And I was like, wow, <laughs> two people have pinpointed my car as some kind of epicenter of sadness. Good. I figured you parked far away and no one knew about your car. I, I park as far away in the parking lot as I can, but it's a small parking lot. So everyone knows your secrets. Yeah. Do you think your depression would get better if you cleaned out your car? Who knows, you know? Hard to say. I feel like my depression gets better when other people clean out my car. We had to clean the ho- whole house because we were getting an inspection yesterday. And now the house is so clean. It's amazing. That's awesome. I love a good clean life. Yeah, I I'm clean- into it. I cleaned my trailer Fairby before I left. And it was like the night before I left. And I was like, why didn't I do this three days ago so I could enjoy it? I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, I get to enjoy this beautiful clean house and cook in my beautiful clean kitchen. It's the best thing about having a trailer is it only takes like, seriously, like six minutes to clean. Yeah, the best. And yet I still. What's your joke life moment? My joke life moment is that Graham and I attempted to go hiking to a waterfall. And um, we were told that there was a short hike and a long hike. And the long hike was described in such a way that we both felt like, oh my gosh, why do people even, like we both were like, why do people even call that a long hike? We're like such athletes. I, at one point was like, I've hiked half down twice. Like I can do long hike. Like just, we were just. I'm not sure if anything could be worse than you and Graham at full blast, but I'm so glad someone got to experience that. Oh yeah. No, I definitely texted the next day and was like to our friends, that we made here and I was like I apologize for when we yelled a lot about how we're super athletes 
we didn't mean it and we now were, it's over. like we were we were like yelling over each other with all the evidence like i was like i've done a triathlon twice and graham was like i ran cross country in college like i mean just the worst the worst yeah yeah um so i mean we were asking for it clearly so we went to the long hike and the trail was mud no. And so we like stumbled through. Like my shoes are just mud squares now. Like a cartoon char- like a cartoon character who like I can imagine who it. steps in cement. Um and we started our hike at like 4:30 p.m. And the trail closes at 6 and we were like, "Yeah, we're athletes. It'll be fine." It was not fine. We like we end up running into some people um, who are on their way back down from the waterfall, and they're like, where are you going? And we're like, to the waterfall. And how'd that go? They were like, oh, you're not going to make it in time. We've been rushing back. And we started hiking at three. And so we turned around, dejected, after we Aww. after we quizzed them for some more information. Uh-huh. Because we were like, maybe they're just slow. They're not slow. We're slow. No. And I have bug bites over my entire body. To the point of which I've just been putting calamine lotion in layers and layers over my skin. I look diseased from the bites and the calamine. I did a little bit of counting on one shin alone. So knee to ankle, front side of the leg, 14 bites. All right, where do our people find us? You can find us at twogirlstalking.club, and you should rate and review and recommend and share the iTunes. Uh, share us on iTunes, I guess. I don't know what to say. If we write a review, we will read it on air and tell a story about how you were smart when we were stupid. Thank you. We will do that for everyone. I am yes. Aaron Noah. All right, um, see you guys next week. Bye. Aloha. The great big ice cream sundae from outer space was in a place prepared for me. The great big ice cream sundae from outer space I stuffed my face cause it was free. And when I was finished it's Size was not diminished. The great big ice cream Sunday from outer space was in a place prepared for me.